Welcome back to this week's episode of Ice Cream Social. You just listened to our song of the week called Nobody by Mitski. And this is our poem of the week called I Think You Forgot by the host, Imani Warren. I think you forgot that you're white and you're wrong because you won't let me sing my song or use my voice, but I have no choice but to be black and be attacked in a world I never wanted. You make my brain feel haunted when my voice is silenced. I wish I could cry less and buy less and clean up my mess. I know I'm the best and the worst because you caused me hurt and you caused me pain. But I guess you're just a character benefiting in your game. All right, let's welcome our guests on today. Say hello, everyone. Hi. 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 Okay, so let's introduce yourself from left to right just so that people can understand the voices. I'm Erin. Erin. I'm Eileen. And I'm Anna. Anna. Okay, so tell me a little bit about your your identity. Like, who are you? Um, I am adopted. Yes. My parents are white. I'm East or East Asian Chinese. Yes. Um, I go to Loyola. I'm from Philadelphia. Right. Um, I'm a film major with a minor in Chinese. Mm-hmm. Thinking about adding a minor in visual communication. Mm-hmm. Not sure yet. What does visual communication entail? It's like kind of like graphic design. It's just oh. like another word for like graphic okay. design. Yeah. Like more like maybe like promotions marketing work. Yeah. Kind yeah. of. Okay. Awesome. And what about you? Okay. I'm Eileen. I'm also adopted. I have two white parents. Uh, mostly white family. Four older brothers. One younger sister. She is also adopted. Wow. Um, That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Very large household. Yeah. Um, I am from Duluth, Minnesota. I major in visual communications and Perfect. minor in marketing. Awesome. Um, 
I'm Anna. Um, I'm also from Minnesota. I'm from Mankato, Minnesota. Okay. Um, Are those I've, close to each other? They're about like two hours. Yeah. Oh, so okay. kind of, a little far. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I am also adopted. Mm-hmm. Um, we're actually adopted from the same province. Oh, really? Yeah. What a coincidence, right? Right. Okay. That's um, crazy. I'm majoring in political science and English with yeah. a minor in Chinese. Yes. Oh, and you guys met in Chinese class, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. That's cool. So. Just even just talking about that in particular, what makes you feel like I want to learn Chinese over other languages? I mean, of course, your heritage, but why do you feel connected to it? I actually also took Spanish in high school Yeah. because the only languages that were offered was Spanish, German, and then they also offered Ojibwe. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, and I've always... Whoa, wanted... that's actually really cool. Yeah, we have a big Native American population That's amazing. Town. I actually just did um, a podcast about the Ojibwe Two-Spirit People. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was really... It was, a mu- it was the most recent episode before this one. So that's yeah. awesome, cool. So, I don't know. I personally wanted to get in touch a little bit more with my culture, and I've always wanted to learn how to take Chinese, like, ever since I was little. There was just nothing nearby that, yeah. like, was offered. So were your parents like supportive of that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. We were gonna try and just find things. It was just a little difficult because yeah. we had nothing in the area. You know, northern Minnesota, not much. No, I can imagine variety. <laughs> How about you? I actually was in Chinese classes when I was younger, like five, four, six, maybe. But yeah. I stopped because my mom didn't like the teacher mm. because she told us that. Our, like me and my sister were both adopted and we were both like went to her house after school and like took a couple classes and mm-hmm. my mom like pulled us out of it because um, our teacher kept telling us that our skin was too dark mm. and that we needed to stay out of the sun because yeah. she was like from China so like obviously oh, they're very colorist very beautiful standards yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's cool that your mom was able to intercept so yeah, quickly or yeah. felt the need to even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was really appreciative of that but also I'm a little disappointed because I didn't remember anything yeah. and then um, I took Spanish in high school, but I really just wanted to, like, I really want to go back to China, and mm-hmm. I want to visit, like, my province, Hunan province. Yeah. Um, so I want to be able to, like, at least know some words and, like, know how to make conversation yeah. with someone, know how to get around. Yeah, like, not go there and be a tourist, like a yeah. complete tourist. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because I don't look like a tourist. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So as far as, like, getting into what the episode is about. We're talking about being transracial. So I was first introduced to the idea of transracial at, it's called Loyola University Chicago Empowering Sisterhood. It's called Lucis. It's just a, I think you guys should really join it. It's a really great place for a woman of color to just kind of go join and get some community. It's really awesome in that way. And they were doing a presentation and someone was talking about being transracial. And for me, I automatically go to, do you know who Rachel Dolezal is? she's like a white woman who pretends to be black so she like got gets like these tans but she's older so she's been doing this her whole life and she's a politician so everyone thought she was black for like 20 years until they revealed it and they were like oh wait she's she's been white like when she was younger and only after her certain age she's black so that's what I thought transracial was but that's obviously not what it is it's like the trans identity like of your culture being like going through one way and another. So what does that mean to you guys after like hearing it defined by other people? Um, well, the first time that I heard about transracial, I was in high school because my mom has always been like pretty open about like talking about how I'm adopted and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So she would use that word and like I kind of didn't really know what it meant. And then she like kind of explained it to me. And I actually wrote my college essay about that, right. about being a transracial adoptee and mm-hmm. like how that taught me like family love really like not really like blood love like required kind of but yeah. I, I kind of wrote my essay like uh, the quote you have for like the quote of the day is mm-hmm. like from Perks of Being a Wallflower like the you accept the love you think you deserve yep. I like my ending sentence of my college essay was like they taught me what real love was because yeah. it was like out of choice yes. and like bonding and stuff yeah. like that I'm glad you can take that perspective on it. That's a really interesting and beautiful perspective. Mm-hmm. And then it's a quote of the week. People, people accept the love they think they deserve. And I think that that is something that goes, it's so true and imperative within family structures. Mm-hmm. I think that there are people within family structures who do not receive the same type of love that you're saying you receive mm-hmm. because they don't think that they deserve it. So they automatically kind of shut down from it. Right. It's really interesting. What about you? Um, this, going to be honest, was like my first time hearing the yeah. word transracial. Yeah. But the way that I think about it and just, like, picking apart the word itself, because yeah. um, obviously I'm Asian-American, so, yeah. like, kind of just the tie-in of having both of those identities, because, like, I'm not fully 
white. Yeah. <laughs> obviously. And then I'm also not, like, Asian. Like, if I went to China, I would stick out. But, like, yeah. I always felt growing up that I stuck out at school, too. Yeah. So it's like your race but not your culture. Yeah. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, I would agree. Um, this is also, like, the first time I'm hearing the term transracial. Yeah. Um, I have a very similar, like, background with Ailee. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, just the the ambiguity of, like, I am Asian, but yeah. also I'm very whitewashed. Yeah. Like, um, growing up in a, in Minnesota, very predominantly white state. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then being um, like, just in a white family, mm-hmm. um, being adopted into a white family is just, like, transracial. I Growing up, I obviously knew I was different. And, like, my parents also were very open about, like, you're adopted, you're from China. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of, like... I fit in with like the white the white stereotype yeah. of being just like an American citizen and then you're also very different because you are Asian. Yeah. No, that brings up an interesting perspective I had from I was talking to um she's Vietnamese, she's from the East Coast, I think like the Bay Area or something like this. And she was talking about how at her school, the Catholic school she went to, East Asian people, at least at her school, and she was talking about her own community of Vietnamese people, more so resembled the cultural patterns of white people than other people of culture uh, or people of color. So what do you guys think about that? Like as far as the amalgamation of like, I guess when you are East Asian, the phenotypically it's closer to white than other things, but you know, I don't know. How do you feel about that like culturally? Well, I grew up in, like, the white suburbs outside of Philadelphia. It wasn't until I was, like, 10 when I moved into the city. So, like, all my life, like, or all my childhood, I was surrounded by, like, white people. And, um, like, my elementary school only had, like, one other East Asian person and, like, maybe, like, two black people. And, like, Mm. everyone else was white. And so, like, it, it really stuck out like a sore thumb. Right. And just, like, when my parents would come pick me up from school, like, all the classmates would be like oh my god is that your mom and they would like make a big deal out of it every single time even though they'd like seen her before and like they knew I was adopted they would just they're kids you know they don't have a filter so they would be like oh my god like Mm. what so it just like it just made me not want to stick out anymore Mm. so like I think I really did try to like blend in and just like relate to like other people but I couldn't fully relate to them I was just kind of like morphing myself into like whatever they wanted yeah. me to be yeah so you're saying it could happen but it's just not the same yeah yeah that makes perfect sense um piggybacking kind of off of that like being asian in a majority white community i mean we were lucky because we have a native american population so close to us but like at the same time when it comes to like asian specifically there wasn't that many like it was yeah. me and maybe like three others right um However, I do feel like I stuck out also yeah. because, you know, you pe- when we're younger, people don't have filters and, like, yeah. they would do the eye things and just, like... Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Mm-hmm. I saw a video today of Maddie Ziegler. Have you seen the video of her doing that? Oh, no. <gasps> she's, no. like, she's like imitating someone, um, like, either at a nail shop or, like, a food shop or something like that. And she's, like, pulling her eyes back. It oh, was God. really... Oh I know. I saw it and I, re- I literally went like this. Like, what? I was in my bed and I was, like... Oh, like, it was no. crazy stuff. Oh, my God. No. I don't... I hate even sharing that message. Like, but it, yeah, it, I, I saw it, like, right before this. Like, mm-hmm. ironic. That's crazy. That's crazy. It, don't look it up. It, I, mean, I, I won't. There's, there's <laughs> It's just like, I don't even need to see it. You just told me about it. That's really all I need from them. Yeah. 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 No, but I mean, that's really interesting that you do have a Native American population. And I do think that, you know, the person I was talking to, like I said, she was from the East Coast. Well, luckily, the East Coast has like hella Asian people, Mm -hmm. South Asian, Mm -hmm. East Asian, all. It has so many. So I bet she was dealing with the more, um, a less concentrated version of of diversity if that makes sense because your diversity is very concentrated because all the people are white you know so it definitely does stick out like that um so when did you guys kind of have that talk with your parents like this is my identity this year I know you said that you your parents are kind of like reminding you often but like what do you think was like that moment where you were like okay like I'm different from my parents biologically I don't think well so I was actually talking to um, so I was adopted with a, a group of girls. Okay. Um, and we get together every uh, every year for a reunion. Oh. Um, yeah. It's like your sisters. Right. No. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We like our parents always referred to them as like our China sisters. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah. So we were adopted like from the same orphanage, and like we recently got together just because we all live so close now yeah. through college and everything. Oh. Um. And we were talking about how none of our parents, uh, a couple of our parents, but like 
the majority of us, our parents never like sat us down and said, right, explain what what adoption is. Or, yeah. Like this is you are adopted. You're different. Why? Blah blah. Yeah. So I think it was interesting just to realize like our parents were very open about it throughout our lives, which really helped. Yeah. Um. And so in the family aspect, I don't think there was like a defining moment of like, oh, I look different from you, but definitely in school is like where I was like, oh, this, uh, it is not, it's not like societal's norm yeah. of seeing a transracial like um, family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was like, especially in early elementary school. Yeah. Like people would like make jokes, like they were saying like the eye thing or like the pinky, like, oh, you're swearing in Chinese or like yeah. Chinese cut me, like all of that. It's not funny. It's random as fuck. Right. Like it's like, so random. Yeah. I feel like all the jokes were so random. Like, right. like what are you They'd run up to me and they'd be like, are you offended by no, this? Yeah, and I'm like, like wh- exactly. Right. Well, yeah. when you do it like that. Exactly. Oh, my God. Right. No, I can only, not I can only imagine. I mean, it happened, like, mm-hmm. in a different way to me, but it was the type of, okay, so, okay, Erin had told me that she had transferred from a white school to a predominantly, like, kind of like a predominantly black school, but mostly, like, predominantly diverse is what mm-hmm. you were kind of saying. Well, my middle school was, like, um, predominantly black, and then my yeah. high school was, like, very diverse with yes. a lot more Asian people. Yes, but we were just, I was just thinking about, like, okay, you experience racism from white people. That sucks. Mm-hmm. That's awful. Mm-hmm. But then you experience the prejudice from other cultures, like black people or Hispanic people. That's a whole other layer because then you're being offended by people who are being offended as well. And it's, like, I don't know. I hate when I see... I feel like in my community personally, there is a lot of hate against Asian people because of misinformation, Mm -hmm. which is something that I feel like is so, so effective when it comes to those, like, cross-cultural moments. Like, does this offend you? Like, they probably were just joking and being annoying, but I bet there was, like, a a slight curiosity, like, does it offend you? Yeah. Yeah. You know? I don't know. That's that's absolutely terrible. I definitely think that, like, COVID did not help Oh, absolutely I feel like Asians were for sure the minority that mm-hmm. were targeted with COVID the most. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just because, yeah. you know, it was called the China virus. I was just right. about to say, yeah, yeah. much that more was, misinformation. Yep. They mm-hmm. don't even know that COVID-19 also had a COVID-18, 17, 16, Like, it's not the first right. time COVID has ever existed. So, you know, it's not from China. It's really hard to explain <laughs> to someone who doesn't understand because yes. right. they had this, like, momentum in their head of, like, who they want to blame in this mm-hmm. narrative. Yeah. It's so hard to deconstruct. Have right. you ever found yourself, like, arguing with somebody about that type of stuff? <laughs> or, oh or do you not usually so argue? Often. I you was do? actually in a situation during COVID yeah. where somebody posted a very, like, racially insensitive TikTok. Like, from your school? Yep. Okay. And he was confronted by, like, me and, like, my other friends. And um, there was just this whole ordeal about it. We may have, for silly fun time, went and chalked his car. Maybe. <laughs> but, like, Maybe you know, it chalk washes off. Yeah. Right. And you just put it on the windows, and it's just, like... <laughs> you said hate crime for hate crime. <laughs> We're going to do it. We're just going to do it. But then he That's came funny. to my house and egged it. And then my oh. mom had to, like, help me clean it up. And we have, like, very steep roofs. Yeah. And so that was a scenario. Also, like, I had this whole argument. I don't even remember who yeah. with. But um, they were asking me, like, why can't we call it the Chinese virus if that's uh, where it came from? Like, we called the one Spanish flu, so, like, why isn't this the same scenario? And I just, I didn't know how to explain it to yeah. them in a way that would make sense. Because, like, in my mind, I can obviously, like... You can picture why that doesn't. Yes. <laughs> right. Well, for me, it th- if you think about it like this, the British flu versus the Malawi flu, it sounds more charged when you have a more specific subculture right. than just saying something like the British flu or, like, mm-hmm. the American flu, because that gives air to nationality rather than right. to ethnicity, which is much more offensive. I think that's a good way to describe it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it sucks that you have to get down to that for people to just be normal, though. Like, right. that's awful. Yeah. Yeah. But, okay, so getting into, you know, the negatives of being, you know, adopted in America, I recently... Okay, I have a white stepmom. So my stepmom is white, my dad is Trinidadian, and my mom is black. My stepmom, like, adopted me and became my mom when I was around, like, 14. But I had known her, and she was always in our house since I was five. Um, so I had known her for, how was that? Like, like was that nine? Nine years, and then she, like, eventually, like, became my mom. Like, Lily, they, like, my parents had, like, the custody just went differently. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Custody yeah. battles are so confusing, but pretty much it went over to my stepmom. So she got the opportunity to raise me. She already was anyway, but continued to do so. 
I, I benefited from white privilege so much just because mm-hmm. of that, like that simple, simple scenario. Like the house that we live in now, that's the house that she grew up in. Right. My first car was my grandma's car, who's mm-hmm. also white. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, it's those little definitely. things that really flood you across. Like, and her mom, my grandma, sends me money every month. You know what I mean? That's helpful. It's mm-hmm. those type of like little white privilege nuggets that I just like feel so grateful for. Like, do you have any little white privilege nuggets that you are able to receive because you are transracial? Um, I think definitely when it comes to school, yeah. because the thing yeah. is, my parents both grew up like working class. They're both okay. they're, their families were very poor. Um, they like don't have generational wealth type thing. Yeah, and so, but I think when I was younger, the type of school that I went to, like a suburban school, it was really nice and like it was a lot of white people. So mm-hmm. I feel like I had a lot of protection in that sense because mm-hmm. like it was my parents who were enrolling me. It was my parents talking to the administrators like saying my kid would be great to go here and like they didn't know who I was. They, they didn't see me. So like mm-hmm. they didn't see that I was like different. And also white people like with schools love to jump on the whole like diversity thing. Yeah. So if they mm-hmm. see like I'm adopted and they're like, oh my God, white parents and then a child of color, that's perfect. Like, we're we're gonna put you on all like the pamphlets on our school (laughs) for diversity. Like, that's perfect. Yeah, Yeah, it is perfect. Yeah, any other white privilege nuggets? Um, I think definitely being raised by white parents, you are Mm -hmm. given certain, yeah, privileges, I guess. And, like, my family is middle, upper, middle class, and, yeah. like, I've never struggled financially. And there was an instance over senior year when we were all talking about scholarships and, right. like, having to check your race in there and, like, why does that... I mean, they kind of knew why you checked that because, like, it can give you certain opportunities, but they also thought a person like me versus them are both financially equivalent, so yeah. why mm-hmm. would I get any more benefit from it, from being Asian, because I personally don't struggle. Mm-hmm. And so that was another instance where I couldn't really explain, but I knew that it was, like, them speaking ignorantly because yes. they were white. Yeah. So I, I like that you're bringing up these moments where you're like, I can't identify what I want to say. I know I want to say something, but you're confusing me. Yeah, (laughs) you're not making much sense. (laughs) And I know that what I know is right, but you're confusing what I already know, which is hard enough to know it as it is. So, yeah, yeah, I hate when people like doubt those those really intricate parts of your mind that you've already made up with, Mm -hmm. like your identity. And then you're like, oh shoot, like is this the identity that I want? Like is this what I want to stand for or whatever? But yeah, how about you? Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Um, I think honestly, just like. The white privilege obviously obviously stems from our parents. Just like right. honestly, or at least for me, just like me as a whole, like being adopted into white family just automatically has given me white privilege in that sense. Yeah. Um, especially through like what Aaron was saying, just the advocacy of your parents being white and like they are the for most of your life they are like just the face of you. Yep. Um, they're the ones that like are going out there and like doing all these things for you. Yep. And so just like as a byproduct, you get all of those advantages. Definitely. Um, but I feel like that also creates um, a, like a sense of the model minority. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Especially just like in general with the with East Asians, because you were saying like how like more white they are like um, physically. At least. Yeah. Um, and so it kind of creates like this like barrier being like, oh, but your parents are white. So you yeah. you get this privilege but they kind of just like diminish the fact that you're also Asian. Yeah. Yes. How does that feel? Um, well, I think during it, like when you're when you're gaining all these privileges, like you don't think about it as much. Yeah. Um, but then when you when you think about the fact that they aren't seeing you as a full person. Yeah. Um, seeing you as like you are Asian, you still you still go through like hate crimes and yeah. like you still like fear for your life when you're like especially with um COVID happening and then just like these other racially targeted incidents um it just kind of like you have to take a step back and be like I have to think about myself and my own identity yeah and your parents just like can't relate to that oh my god I'm sorry I'm about to cry (laughs) it's so sad I'm so sorry I'm just an emotional (laughs) I'm I'm just an emotional person in general I really am. I cry out in a lot of episodes (laughs) just because it's like a little therapy session but that is just so it's so great um 
it's it's good to be able to relate to someone in this way without having to directly relate to you, obviously. Mm-hmm. But since my stepmom is white and my dad is Trinidadian, that's who he married. All of my dad's family is in Trinidad. Nobody's here. So mm-hmm. I have my stepmom's family who's white and my mom's family who's black. Now, I'll, I'll never experience someone being like, well, you're kind of white because your mom's white. Because phenotypically, I'm black. I have very mm-hmm. black. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I look this way. So I'll never experience that. But to the air of, like, that family aspect, there's certain things that my white family can do with each other that my black family will never be able to understand because of how recent right. slavery was my grandma was a sharecropper my grandma picked cotton so it's not like it's super far off from here i feel like for even a lot of other like african-american people you can't necessarily date it to my grandma and my great grandma it might be like a couple greats or something like that or mm-hmm. i don't know it just really depends on where you're from but for me it's my grandma right. and so that i definitely can relate to you in that way though of having a white family and being able to benefit from those like privileges because the type of christmases i have are different the, the easter celebrations i have are different the sense of community religion and family it's all different you know mm-hmm. So I definitely, I definitely see that. Um, when we get into talking about those negatives, like I wanted to bring the, to you guys the idea of, and forgive me for saying this, because it's a harsh word, human trafficking. So yeah. I follow this TikToker who is very adamant and makes so many TikToks about how adoption can be human trafficking. Not that adoption is human trafficking, but right. when you look at the definition of human trafficking, it also follows the definition of adoption, which right. is, mm-hmm. you know, getting someone for your own benefit and paying for that person in order to keep them forever Mm -hmm. what do you guys think about that uh me and anna were actually talking about this on the shuttle here and we were talking about how like um just like the adoption in general i mean yes could be considered human trafficking but we think it's more like the system in china with like Mm -hmm. having baby girls because there's like a whole documentary about. so tell me about yes you need to tell me your story about we need to tell everybody the story you told me about how like what the doctors do when they find girls anyway so Almost every Asian adoptee that you meet is going to have the same story. Like, mm-hmm. they were right. a couple hours old, left mm-hmm. outside a police station mm-hmm. or a health center or whatever. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, like, that's probably, like, most likely a lie. Yeah. Because um, most times, like, uh, people don't want baby girls, like, didn't want baby girls. Mm-hmm. They favored uh, boys more mm-hmm. because they would grow up and take care of the family. Like, right, a right. girl would grow up and, like, leave the family. Mm-hmm. And so... Like, if a woman gave birth to, like, a baby girl, like, in a hospital, and it was a girl, the doctor would tell her that, like, the baby died, and it, right. they would, like, throw them away in a wastebasket. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. they were treated like trash. Like, they weren't wanted. They were, like, mm-hmm. left out in the dumpster, like, left out for whatever. Like, mm-hmm. no one cared about them. Right. So it's just, like, really interesting to meet other Asian adoptees and, like, have the same exact story written on your, um, like, adoption papers. Yeah. And yeah, it's just crazy. So you guys were born in the same province, right? Yeah, all, we, three, all three of us, us were. were. Oh, wait, all three of you guys? <laughs> yes, yes, right. No way! <laughs> and you met up? Why? Really? Yeah. I thought it was just you two. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just about to ask, like, what are some characteristics of your province? But you told me a bit about your province and where it is. So mm-hmm. it's yep. all of you guys. <laughs> right. That's crazy. That's such a cool fact, huh? Okay, awesome. Well, how do you guys feel about the human trafficking? Like. I think, like, obviously, human trafficking, when you say that word, it, it's yes. a very, like, negative Had to connotation. put a preface on it. Yeah. yeah. Right, Trigger right, warning. Right. Um, but, like, the whole process of adoption itself, it's so intricate. Like, mm-hmm. it requires so mm-hmm. many steps. And, like, my mom always told me that there was a lot of paperwork and they all, yeah. like, background checks. So mm-hmm. I just think that trying to relate the two, I guess, in some way yeah. is, like, so hard to do just because adoption requires such a deep process yes. to make sure that there's, like, no ill intent. Yes. And I think that he was also beginning to speak about the foster system, which has a much less rigorous pro- uh, process. I yes. Right. Um, but, like, this a similar outcome which is that you get to keep a child and have you ever watched Shameless before? Yes. yes. Okay so you know how Debbie and Carl like they couldn't live with Fiona anymore so Debbie and Carl had to go to like a foster home and basically mm-hmm. she got a bunch of money for them and she would like make them work in her sweatshop basement right. and make buttons and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's a very very extreme example but obviously like everything on Shameless actually happens I, I'm gonna say that it's crazy because yeah. but what do you like I don't know I feel like that's a very interesting um perspective on it because obviously I'm, I'm not adopted so I can't really say too much about it but I just want to present the idea to see um how it felt for you guys so right. how about you how do you feel about this um I had the I don't know if Aaron if you're talking about the same documentary but I was talking I watched the documentary um One Child Nation mm-hmm. yeah that's okay. the one yeah. yeah yeah okay um and yeah so that I would have okay so before I watched it in junior year of high school when I for a class yeah um and so before like Aaron was saying everyone gets the same the same finding story. Yeah. Um, like, when I was in China, like, it's a huge thing. When I went back to visit um, with my parents, 
My mom was like, oh, go take a picture at your finding spot. Oh, wow. Um, and it was like, oh, in front of this government building. Like, you were found in front of a fire how did, station. How did that feel? Like, at the finding spot? Yeah, how did it feel that she wanted you to do that? See, at the time, I was kind of just like, oh, you know, just like another picture in China. Right. Um, I think she thought that it was going to be, like, this big, like, momentous, like, yeah. occasion. Like, I'm going to start crying. We're going to hug. Like, <laughs> I am your this. white savior. <laughs> you know, literally. No, like, yeah. yeah. Um, and, like, it, obviously, with no ill intention. It's like. Yeah. Um, it's so absent-minded right. white people are, and that's what sucks it about is, it. Yeah. yeah. But. Um, but, yeah, so that story, well, the watching the documentary like just changed my perspective and I'm like wow because like there's this it was like a researcher who was doing all of this research about like everyone has like the same finding story mm-hmm. um and so like thinking about that in that way it was just like interesting because it probably wasn't that case it um it was definitely it was probably more of a, like a malicious thing um hopefully not but but um, you're like probably right yeah. yeah like either like the baby a baby was stolen from the mother and just yeah. like taken and sold by like adoption, like traders, yeah. to be sold to an orphanage for thousands of dollars. Right. Um, and so, in that sense, I think I would see human trafficking through adoption more in the country itself. Obviously, mm. China's different from other countries. Yeah. Um, like that servitude. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and rather Very than the international trade. Yeah. Mm, trade. But doesn't that feel odd? Doesn't that feel odd? See, you're using these economic terms to talk about humans, which I think is what. You know they're trying to say, but I understand what you're saying. Where it's like that's a that's a choice word. I think to say it's a very it choice is, word because yeah. it definitely says a lot. And in some cases, if you say it maybe too much, it might take away from like human trafficking, human trafficking thing, where they mm-hmm. like actually like pay people for sex work and stuff like that. You know, so I definitely understand that. I see those perspectives as well. Yeah, and just like knowing the human trafficking, like yeah. like I've said so many times before like we have a large native american population right and a big thing mm. that's emphasized there is that yes, there are right. so many native american women the missing who are human M- what was it like hashtag mmwi like mur- missing mm. murdered missing, and murdered indigenous right. yeah. Yeah. Women. Yeah. yeah so like that's such a big thing that i've been around so yeah. it's so hard to like even compare. see that and try to compare yeah. yeah that makes perfect sense yeah yeah, and I we did I did a class. Um, it was called just environmental ethics, but we were interns for the Dakota. No, we were interns for. We were in oh for the Lakota Access Pipeline mm-hmm. Law Project or something yep. like that. Yeah, we were archiving different Native American works um, on this like app, and then we made that podcast for the class. So I know like a little bit about that, but it's really interesting that you like lives amongst Ojibwe people because we tried like well our professor like he is very close with a couple of Ojibwe people, and they gave him some like wild rice to try, and he gave it to like the whole class. I didn't take any, but he gave it to the whole class, and like everybody tried a little bit of wild rice. I thought it was cool, but um so when you think about you know, who you are, obviously who you are is someone who is, has a transracial identity. What do you feel like you might be missing out on if you did not have a transracial identity? Well, growing up, definitely, like, the thing I would notice the most was that I didn't look anything like my parents. Yeah. So I think, like, people really do take for granted, like, genetics mm-hmm. um, because it can tell you a lot about, like, your health and, oh. like, what you'll look like when you're older and, like, the problems you might have when you're older mm-hmm. or, like... Um, illnesses that might run in your family and stuff Mm -hmm. like that so I think it's just it's really hard because growing up like all my friends like I would like walk through their houses and they would have like photos that looked exactly like Mm -hmm. them and I'd be like Mm -hmm. oh my god why do you have a photo of you like of you on the wall in like (laughs) old ass outfit or whatever oh sorry (laughs) no you can curse okay cool cool (laughs) Um, you can say whatever you want they'd be like gooch pussy blah 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 blah." (laughs) and if you get someone who's like uh, a subculture and they just start using their own slurs like it's fine okay cool cool yeah but yeah and like they're like oh no that's not me like that's my grandma like what the fuck like Mm. that's your grandma that looks exactly like you and like (laughs) wait 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 wait. I thought you were talking about something else now I know exactly the feeling you're talking about I know the exact feeling you're talking about yeah yeah Yeah. and it's just like weird because it's like my friends like know what illnesses like they know Mm -hmm. when they have the addiction gene in their family Mm -hmm. like they know like um they might have like Alzheimer's when they're older or something like that like my mom does too and it's just like weird because I've never had that but I also on the flip side you know when sometimes mothers talk bad about their own bodies Mm -hmm. and like they Mm -hmm. pass that on to their daughters Mm -hmm. and they're like um the daughter's like oh you're saying that I look good but you always saying that you look bad but like I'm you we have the same genetics like that's obviously deteriorating to their self-image that's something that on the flip side I don't have a problem with because me and my sister look very different from my mom so Mm -hmm. it's just like 
whenever she would talk bad about herself, it would always be like us being like, no, you look amazing. Like, mm. So you're um, saying like those little small caveats of yeah. identity? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. How about you? So one of my close friends, he's also East Asian, um, but he's not adopted. So mm. he has a traditional like Chinese yeah. family. And seeing those two perspectives and like him and I have like talked about it and just like the different ways in which we were raised, I for sure feel like I missed out on the traditional cultural like family setup of you know, eating different, like, eating traditional habits, I guess. Yeah. And just he can speak with his parents fluently in Cantonese. Oh. And so just, like, things like that that I feel like I've missed out on. But on the flip side, yeah, like you were saying, there are things that I don't associate with my parents in, like, a way. Mm. What do you mean by that? I don't even know. Just, like, mm-hmm. my parents are white. I have siblings who are white. Yeah. There is a curiosity of, like, what I would look like. Yeah. You know, whenever I'm well, feeling insecure about yeah. myself. Like, oh, what would it be like if I wasn't the way I was? Yeah. So. It's funny you say that because I've never thought about that about my mom or any of my family. I don't mm-hmm. know why. I feel mm-hmm. so disconnected from them that I never thought, like, the problems that you have, I will also have them. I've never thought that to myself. Yeah. But right. now that you say that, everybody in my family has diabetes. Like, <laughs> Everybody. Mm. And I, I drink hella sugary drinks. Like, I love sugar drinks. <laughs> I call them sweet drinks. I love, like, juices, fruit juices. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. Look, see? Diabetes right there. Like, <laughs> that's what that is. Like, literally. So, I never think about that. Or I never look at my mom and I think to myself, I'm going to look like you. I think that I look like you. So, mm-hmm. that's interesting that you are, like, longing for that. And, like, I have not even, consi- you know, considered right. that. Yeah. Right. What about you? Um, I I was also going to go along the same lines as Erin. Um, mm-hmm. Just, like, the fact, like, when you're just at a dinner table and, like, somebody, like, so both my siblings are white, as I said before, mm-hmm. and so they, we all just, like, joke around and stuff, and then they would say something, and then my parents would be like, oh, yeah, it's because you got that trait from me. Like, mm-hmm. oh, like, you, mm-hmm. you, like, so they're all, like, science major, mm-hmm. like, um, medical field, oh. and so they're like, oh, like, we're all, um, like, in science track, like, we're all in, like, the medical sense. Oh, and you're not. Right, right. yeah, that's yeah. the other Poli-sci, thing. Poli-sci, yeah. Yeah, um, but then they're just, like, oh, like, you're really good at science because, like, you know, like, I was really good at science, like, all of those. Just yeah. nothing, mm. like, major, like, um It's like a microaggression. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of hard. Say. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just, like. That's definitely those, a microaggression. Yeah, those little things, it's, you're, you're kind of, like, oh, okay, and then you kind of just, like, have to, like, sit back and, be like, let them, like, it's good to see them just, like, bonding, obviously, like, just, like, family time, but. It's just, like, those little Aww. things that it's, like, oh, like, I can't, like, obviously I can relate to you, but yeah. I just, like, can't relate to you just, like, on that level, like, that yeah. genetic level. <gasps> That's crazy because I don't have any siblings that are, like, genetically related to my parents both me and my sister are adopted Mm -hmm. so that's like I've always wondered what it would be like to grow up with like someone who like a sibling who was biologically related to my parents because I feel like that would be like I feel like that would be a lot harder for my self-image I'm not gonna lie it sucks like for me I have a stepsister who is my stepmom's like biological daughter Mm -hmm. she's like the password child she's the everything child she gets Mm -hmm. the most investment like she's the she's favorite type thing so mm-hmm. i definitely see the difference in you know maybe you didn't see the difference that much um right. maybe you just saw it in small social ways which is annoying but not as like you know pertinent right. i guess yeah. but it was really really prevalent and it got down to like savings accounts type oh, of thing wow. Wow. yeah like me and my sister who are both black shared a savings account and my two other sisters who have white in them have several savings accounts from each other mm-hmm. and from wow. us as well that's yeah. Weird. yeah my parents also started like llc's for all of us and there's Emiliana LLC, Eva LLC, and then there's Imani Nia LLC. So it's one mm. word. It's these it's these things where it's like, wow, you really did that, didn't you? Like, yeah, you right. really put it into me that I'm not a part of what everybody else is a part of. So mm-hmm. I definitely understand that and relate to that as well. Yeah. Um, so how do you cope with these problems? Like, do you, I mean, you found community within each other, which is right. ironic as hell. You guys are all in the same <laughs> no, goddamn fucking yeah. province. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? But I definitely think that, um, you know, I, I'm curious as to what you do when you have these problems or what you did before, where you do in the future. Well, when I was younger and I was feeling, like, isolated from everyone, I would talk to my mom about this mm-hmm. because, you know, I didn't really have, I didn't really know who else to go to yeah. because my sister was young. Like, she, she were only, we're pretty close in age, so, like, she was also having these issues. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until, like, I was older where I would start talking to my sister about them. But first off, I started with my mom, and she would be, like, um, she would be helpful, but just, like, growing up, it was just weird because, like, 
I'm noticing that like when I was younger, I would try to convince myself that this was making me feel better. But I think in reality, it was making me feel worse because I would be talking about how I felt so isolated or I'd be talking about like an incident that happened or something like that. Or I'd be upset as like something as little as not being able to use chopsticks. Mm -hmm. And like my mom would just be like, I get it. Like, I understand. Yeah. She'd Aww. be like, oh, but like, it was mm -hmm. good. Like, she was trying to be empathetic and trying to, like, she was like, it's really hard. Like, you're adopted. Like, you're going to face these struggles in life. But it was also hard because, like, she would tell me she understood all the time. And the thing is, it's so hard because, like, she can't understand. She'll never understand. Mm -hmm. she, like, she won't. And, like, I've tried, like, gently telling her that as I've gotten older, being like, you know, it is helpful when you say that, but it's also harmful because, like, you don't you don't get it. And yeah. she would be a little offended because she'd be like, I'm your mom, I'm just trying mm -hmm. my best. Yeah. Which mm -hmm. is, like, very valid, but, um, yeah. And then my sister, um, we actually didn't get along when we were younger, mm. but we got along. We were started to be friends when I was in, like, middle school, and she okay. was, like, in late middle school going into high school. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when we started, like, more relating to each other and more, like, bonding over our experiences together and like isolations in school because she also went to a school that had like almost she had went to a school in Philly that had way less Asian people mm. so I think she felt a lot more isolated too but um yeah I am really lucky to have a sister who is also adopted because it's just a good bonding experience it's yeah, good to have someone right. who like understands yeah that yeah. makes perfect sense mm -hmm. yeah so you find community within your sister so mm -hmm. you literally find community within your family which is like yeah. you said very lucky yeah. yeah how about you so i'd mentioned that like my sister is also adopted but she's younger than me and we're like a gap of seven years okay so she's in sixth grade right now and she just hasn't encountered these experiences yet oh i have a sister in sixth grade yeah <laughs> she does not a give time. a fuck about anything no she, <laughs> she doesn't don't. care she's just on her phone and she yeah. loves k-pop um she went to do you know the stray kids yes she went to stay stray kids concert she's a stay apparently oh <laughs> see i don't know all the terminology but yeah. i know what stray kids is <laughs> kids they got it no, okay. yeah so that's how they are but anyway yeah so so like you talking about your older sister being there for as like a community a community with you mm -hmm. and it's just harder because my sister is younger than me and so mm -hmm. I'm kind of the influencer in that aspect but she's also not encountering those situations or she's like also not really in the stage where she I don't want to say cares but like mm. needs to care maybe I like even notices yeah, yeah. Right. I mean there is so. a, yeah that makes sense because like when I was younger there is an age when I like just tried to erase it from my mind and I would be like I'm not different and then any other people like it's fine like I would just live my life I'm white no I'm joking no but literally I'd be like I'd be like no one knows yeah I'm white yeah that's awesome and like also my mom obviously would try to like comfort me and she did like my parents were great they did everything they could to try and make me feel in touch with my culture as much as they could you know like I don't know, Sesame Street, Big Bird Girl goes to China. <laughs> Stuff like that. And like talking Chinese. Oh oh. like, that's like low key offensive. Like, <laughs> white people trying their hardest. I know. They tried so hard. And like, I was literally just talking about this last night with her and how it's just funny how, because my roommate's also adopted. Yeah. And she's also Chinese. Oh, and so. Did you find her or were you just randomly? We had met over orientation. Like, I was signing up to like get my room for the overnight stay for orientation. Yeah. And she walks up to me and she's like, do you want to, like, room together? Like, they said that whoever you're standing next to in line that you're going to spend the night with. And so I was like, oh, okay. Like, I had no idea who yeah. she was. And then we, like, started talking more, and our mom started talking more. Oh. And then we find out that we're both from the same province, too. Oh, that's crazy. So, so another one from your province? Yeah. Wow. Damn, what's going on in that province? <laughs> the hell? They don't yeah. give a fuck about girl kids there. No. What the hell? So just, like talking about those similarities of our parents trying to yeah. incorporate our culture but yeah. like still feeling distanced from it in a way mm -hmm. so would you do you connect to your culture now at all i try to not as much as i guess i would like to mm, but you want to yeah yeah like taking chinese class now and yeah. just like i guess being having chinatown in chicago <laughs> I don't know, like that's that's <laughs> I love that's the best effort I can yeah. do. And I like, mean, it's an effort nonetheless. There. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think so. No, I grew up. Um, so my church is United Church of Christ. So it's an open and affirming church. So we grew up about half of my congregation was Chinese, and the other half was like white German people. Um, so like there was a lot of different parts of like Chinese culture that I always found really interesting that I got to immerse myself in since like my. What are the people who go to church with you called? 
those people, the people who went to church with me, yeah, a lot of them were Chinese. <laughs> yeah, so it was always fun, you know. Like we would sing the the birthday song in Chinese, and they would always have like little tiny microphones, and someone would be translating the scripture in the back, so oh, wow. that the Chinese, because they didn't speak English, because they right. were like um, hosted. I oh. said, oh wow. Me <laughs> <laughs> like, who's who says? <laughs> yeah, well, that's so fun. How about you? How do you find community and, and you know figure out these problems? Um, see, I. I don't have like an adopted sibling. Yeah. Um. So the family aspect, obviously, like you guys are saying, like I kind of talked to my parents. I don't know. I didn't really like s- talk to them directly, being like, "Oh, a racial incident happened. Here's what I feel. Everything like that." Because I think it was just like it was harder to just say my emotions, um, especially when I was younger. Because I I didn't know like the terminology and I really didn't know what I was feeling. Mm. Um. I just knew like I'm being treated different, but like I don't know why or how or like mm-hmm. what's going on. Um, and so the biggest thing that my parents did for me was, so I went to a Chinese camp growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I went, it's in northern Minnesota, in Detroit Lakes. Mm. Um, it, Wait, hold up, it just processed. You went to Chinese camp? Right, yes. Was it over the summers? Yeah, so. Was it actually fun? It, no, it was, it okay. was. So <laughs> oh, that a, sounds corny, <laughs> but fun. No, yeah, it was a total immersion Chinese camp. Oh, So wow. everyone spoke Chinese. No the way, camps, The camp what? counselors, right. Um, wow, your parents are lit. No, yeah, it was, it's like the best thing that they ever did. Yeah, or like that was like the biggest proponent of like making me in touch with my culture. I think because mm-hmm. Minnesota itself just does not have a big Asian population. Of course, yeah. Um, and so our surrounding areas, especially in southern Minnesota, mm-hmm. like rural farm, you yeah. know, because that's <laughs> getting away from like St. Paul. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah. yeah. It's uh, about an hour south of St. Paul. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I didn't have that community like in my town, obviously. But then, yeah, so at the Chinese camp, I found that was, like, the biggest stint, um, other than, like, my Chinese sisters, yeah. um, where I found people for, like, an extended period of time where I went for, like, a week, two weeks, and, like, a month mm-hmm. later in high school, where I found people who, were like, had the same stories as me, just, like, adoption stories, mm-hmm. um, or just, like, had that commonality of being Asian or just, like, speak being able to speak Chinese yeah. um, was, like, my biggest thing. And that's where I met, like, a couple of my, like, closest friends I still have now. Mm-hmm. Um, we just bonded over that that one summer of camp um, and then just kept in touch with mm-hmm. that. Okay, so you're in Chinese class mm-hmm. and you're in Chinese class, mm-hmm. but you learned it while you were growing up a little bit. Yes. And yeah. you did not. Yes. So what is class like? Is it hard oh for my you, God. easy for you? <laughs> well, I'm not in Chinese 2 right now. Oh. Uh, we were all in Chinese 1 last semester, but Got I'm taking it. a Chinese literature class this semester. Oh. But last semester, it was crazy because that is where I met <laughs> Anna, and Anna was, like, so experienced to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, you knew, like, basic words, like how to say, like, my name is, and I would yeah. be like, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> no, I'm, even now I'm like, wait, so you knew it, knew it? Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. No, she was really good in class. Like, okay. She was one of the best students, oh and I was, gosh. like, struggling. Yeah. So Chinese no. is getting easier for you as the time goes by? Yeah, so um, luckily my parents, well, okay, so they, they really wanted me to be in touch with my culture, Yeah. Um, obviously, but... Well, actually, that's very lucky because I, I know. I was gonna say not obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I take that back. Um, my, Even the Chinese yeah. camp, like that's cool. Right. Yeah. What? No, I, it's very. I I applaud my parents. Like that right, sounds that's, weird, but like no, I applaud them. Yeah. White people, <laughs> no white people, bare minimum. No, but it's cool. Um, I know exactly yeah. when white people do bare minimum. I'm like, I'm about to go off right now. I'm about to have so much fun because it's so fun. No, like, yeah, like, yeah. I'm glad that they they pushed me. Like d- when I was growing up, I so I was put into like a Chinese class like it was like for an hour every Sunday yeah and like I dreaded going um (laughs) but like looking back on it it was like that was the only way or like the biggest step that they felt like they could help me yeah like be in touch with my culture because and and every other aspect they couldn't help me they ate they ate when they did that because what the that when I think about it like if they even tried to do something else like maybe make food like Mm -hmm. that would not maybe yeah or maybe like take you shopping at somewhere where other Chinese people like then that looks kind of you just look kind of weird like what are you doing this is weird or like other stuff like that but I think that that's like the perfect way to get you into your own path because it's giving mm-hmm. you the tools right. to navigate Chinese culture rather than just giving you Chinese culture right. yeah. which is really really you know empowering if mm-hmm. anything yeah. that's really interesting because I feel like my parents kind of felt like they didn't want me to be immersed in that culture mm-hmm. because they had the logic okay I'm going to use an example right. so Kung Fu Panda right <laughs> <laughs> Kung right. Fu Panda right. when the second movie came out yeah. my mom did not want me to see it Why? she was like you're not allowed you to see it you missed out you're, it was good I was I'm so mad that I missed out really because they're I've heard really. that they're amazing but yeah, they I've are. never seen it but anyways that's they're, besides the point they're all so I'm just going to say it right now they're funny as 
fuck. Yeah, like yeah, Jack Black so is a good. panda, and then what he does is he like moves his belly all the time. It's just it's funny yeah. and cute. But so yeah. I've seen the first one, but I was not allowed to see the second one because hmm. my mom thought it would be like too much for me to handle uh, because they were talking about how adoption. he was adopted, right. mm-hmm. and she was like just, like just like an example of that. Like it just applies to like almost everything. Like she just kind of didn't want me to feel less. I think she just want didn't want me to feel like more of a freak. Like, that's the thing. So I feel like if she thought that I learned more about, like, where I came from, I would feel more isolated and more sad. So she Mm. just kind of, like, really kept a lot of that away from me, which I am upset about today. But growing up, I was like, I didn't really, I didn't really know anything, so I was like, I don't care. You know what, if you would have been, like, five years younger and you would have learned Chinese, you wouldn't even have had to have anybody in your life who knew Chinese because you could just go on TikTok like right now and you have like a community of people waiting for you on TikTok Live, on TikTok or on Instagram, like YouTube videos. Oh my God, Reddit. That's so (laughs) interesting that you bring up TikTok because I was just thinking about like um, the food and like um, growing up, like I never really knew like Asian cuisine. Like we never made it in our homes, Mm -hmm. nothing. But like I now eat so much Asian cuisine (laughs) and it's mainly because I know most of it from TikTok and I know how to make it from TikTok. And I think that's crazy. Yeah, Yeah, it's very easy. So easy. I feel like East Asian food is so delicious and easy to make, especially I love, I'm a sucker for Vietnamese food. I love oh Vietnamese God. food because mm-hmm. I just love that they use rice and everything. Rice paper, rice noodles. Mm-hmm. I don't mean rice. I mean they make rice into other mm-hmm. stuff. And right. they also have like, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is Chinese or not, but it's called konji and it's like rice soup with egg in oh, it. Yeah. Oh, I think yeah. It is. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that might be Chinese, not um, like something else that I was talking about. Yeah. But yeah, okay, well, I'm glad that you guys are able to find community in these ways. It's super important. Yeah. How do you feel about our conversation today? This was really fun. This mm-hmm. was no, fun. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> this was great. Like, yeah. I I was really excited to come. I was a little nervous, too, because yes. I wasn't Nervous sure, about like, what? I was like, oh, I'm not sure I'm going to know what to say. Like, yes. Like, you know how Eileen, like, like the whole, this whole, like, episode has just been like, oh, sometimes I know when something's wrong, but I don't know when to say it. Like, yeah. I have yeah. so I'm many really things I'm really bad about like articulating <laughs> my thoughts. No, but it's okay, because, like, growing up, like, with white people with, like, around a different perspective, you no one everything. has, yeah, no one no, has yeah. your perspective. Right. So Definitely. it's just, like, you don't know how to word anything. Yeah. So I was really worried that I wasn't going to be able to, like, identify any, like, issues mm. or, like, things that were, like, happening, but, um, yeah, I think this went really well. It was very therapeutic. Yeah. Yeah. I learned a lot about you guys yeah. as well. Yeah, you too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, what's your favorite color? Take me out to dinner first. <laughs> what's going yeah. on? We're talking about transracial adoption. Like, yeah, we're getting really deep into it. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Well, I'm glad you guys came on the show today, and yeah, I really appreciate you. it. Yeah, Thanks for course. having us. Yeah. Great. All right, well, this is our quote of the week. People accept the love they think they deserve. And this is now our song of the week called Nobody by Mitski.